Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to Pop Sports Shorts. It's Dan here. It's Matt over there. And we got a whole bunch of topics to take you through tonight for uh, from soccer to baseball and all things in between. So, um, Matt, where we want to start tonight? Uh, why don't we? Uh, well, it's been a bit. How how you doing? Haven't seen you. Out I'm here doing yet. all right. I'm doing all right. Um, let's see. I, we've gone through a lot of family stuff this past week. That's getting better now. And uh, getting a new couch tomorrow. I'm pretty excited for that. Ooh, that's fun. Um, yeah, recliner couch. It, so it's funny. We ordered this couch on a President's Day, and they're like, "It'll be here in April." You know, because the world in 2022 when it comes to stuff like that. And we get a call, so we call them and they say, hey, you know, it's still going to be to like June for your couch, but we'll upgrade you to the electric recliner model, which we have in the warehouse right now. No, no cost. So big ups to Value City Furniture for getting us our couch on Wednesday. Actually, it's coming in. We're recording this on Monday night. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty pumped for that because we haven't had like a good couch in a long, 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 long time. And I just got yeah. some YouTube TV to watch the Mets again on SNY because SNY is on YouTube TV now because finally somebody's understanding that streaming is the future of watching sports. Yes. Well, SNY also has their apps, but you still have to have cable right. to have it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or you or you can have YouTube TV to use the app. I don't, I, mean, I would just watch YouTube TV at that point though. Lindor just uh, drove in a run and uh, Harper, yes, almost threw guy, Harper almost threw that guy. That was a nice throw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, that uh, was a good note. Well, why don't we jump right into it? Oh, it was McCann running. That's why. Um, <laughs> why don't we jump right um, so I talked a lot last week of U.S. men's national team. So, Dan, first, U.S. men's national team, when I recorded, they hadn't officially qualified. There was a quick moment in the uh, game where you were like, oh, shit, are they really going to blow this? But then they were fine. They just had to not right. lose like 6 nothing, I think, or something. Exactly, like yeah. And so, but there was a moment when you just want it didn't feel like they were going to be able to defend anything but they held on um dan what were your thoughts on qualification um i my thoughts on qualifications i think all the Concacaf teams are like kind of at the same level and that level is not good enough to get past the group of 16 at the very most of the world cup they're all like kind of these teams that are like there's some good pieces there Good pieces, you know, um, some 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 good glimmers of hope into the future, but they're just nowhere near the rest of the world, and they don't play. You know, it's something I know you talk about, especially with the Amer- the men's national American team a lot. The style of football that they try to play is not going to be conducive towards getting results in the World Cup. But I do think that of all the of the if Costa Rica does in fact make it in, right? Because they haven't played their match yet, right? The, the yeah, World they have to play yet. in New Zealand. And yeah. So if they in fact do make it, I feel like the Americans have the best like uh, the best chances considering their group of making it to the group of sixteen. You know, I think Mexico is a pretty probably tough the better group. Team. Yeah, I just they, yeah, but I think they're stuck in a way tougher group. Like I do, th- I you know I think the I don't, the Americans aren't beating England, but you know I think they could stun a team like Wales, Scotland, Ukraine, or Wales or Scotland or Ukraine. And they definitely should be able to beat Iran, even though they've lost to Iran in the World Cup before. Yeah, you know. How. So, <laughs> but that was like, we, but that was also that was also twenty plus years ago. Yeah, but this team has given me serious nineteen ninety eight vibes. That's the other side, and I've been saying that for months now. So, yeah, England. Uh, we're in a group, not England. The U.S. is in a group with England, Iran, and then another UEFA team, either Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. Uh, I still stand by. I think I got 
I got called out by a bunch of U.S. men's national team fans on Twitter, not for the pod. They, you know, they weren't any of the six people that listened, but uh, definitely it was, um, I was called negative because I said, we're going to crash out of the group with one point. And I just, I'm looking at this group and I just don't see where we get more than one point from. I think England will beat us easily. I really think Iran, it's going to just be like a super emotional game for them. It's going to, the game's, you know, the game's in the Middle East too. Uh, it's like, like I said, it's going to be a super emotional game for them. They're going to be more fired up about it probably than we are. And then Wales, Scotland, Ukraine. Uh, I can't see us beat. I can see us maybe getting a point from Scotland, but I can't see us beating Wales or Ukraine. Yeah, Scotland's a team I think they could definitely take. Wales would be tougher, but you know, Wales, Wales would not Wales just would tougher. Tough. Wales would be really tough. Ukraine would also right. be really tough. I mean, there's some, there's some quality players on. Each of those plus Ukraine would have the emotional aspect on their side. I mean, that's that's two severely emotional stories in our group and then one of the best teams in the world. So, again, I don't see us getting more than one point. I said lose to England for nothing um, or the Wales Scotland game would be first. So I'm going to say we get a point from Wales, Scotland or Ukraine and then lose to England for nothing on Black Friday. And then Iran is going to beat us one nothing, but we're going to win that game on XG. (laughs) I don't think I don't think Iran's being U.S. I I think. Oh my God! I just, I don't I, know much about Iran. I, but I don't think there's. It. I I don't care how up you are. I just don't see a world where Iran could beat the U.S. I mean, do, do you yeah, even I'm know sure any Iranian players? I'm sure they didn't see that in 1998 either. But then it happened. So uh, yeah, but so the 98 team refreshed me. Was that more like a young team or like a veteran laden team? No, it was. A little bit younger. So it was the same team that went on a nice run when we hosted the World Cup in 1990. What was it? 1994. When the US hosted yeah. the World Cup, they went to like the round. They, I think they got out of their the group. They went to the round of 16 yeah. and they had a nice little run with a young team. It was that same group of players, um, but they got like an attacking style, attacking minded coach. There's actually a great podcast on it if you really want to listen. It's called American Fiasco. It's the guy from uh, Men and Blazers did it and he did a really nice job like just getting interviews, narrating. Alexi Lalas just comes off like the total D-bag that he seems to be. And uh, it, so, yeah, it was that same team, but they played more of an attacking style, shades of Burhalter, not very much defending. Uh, the idea being it was going to be the U.S. was going to be play attacking football, beautiful football, blah, 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 which is not how the international games played. And they bombed out of the World Cup, lost to Iran, like just – and. Yeah, it was a disaster. I mean, probably a bigger disaster was I, I still think not qualifying last time around is less of a disaster because that was like a team in its prime who went on a run before right. the players were all the right age. Like when the US failed to qualify for the last World Cup, I covered this on the last pod. It was an older team, it was the older generation who were too old to really be that good. And then it was a bunch of young guys who were too young to really make an impact. So it was kind of the worst right. of both worlds. Um but so yeah. Do you think Burhalter makes it to November? Yes, I don't. There's, think there's a lot. I, I there's don't. a lot. Of, there's a lot of time to look bad in friendlies between now and then. Yeah, I don't think they'll fire him. Plus, Burhalter, Burhalter's consistently looked pretty good in friendlies. I feel like, or the U.S. has, or maybe they've just gotten away with it because they're young. But they're just so disorganized at the back. I, I think they're going to leak goals to England, and I think England will just sit back on us and let us come at them. Iran, we're going to come at and they'll just, we're just going to batter them. They're going to nick a goal somewhere and we're not going to score. And then the Wales, Scotland, Ukraine will be the one that gives us hope because that'll be like a point to open up the group. But 
you and I both agree. I think they're going to get, I will say this, if they walk away from the first game against the unknown UEFA team with just one point or they lose, then I think you see the makings of how they're going to bomb out of the group. Cause obviously they're not going right. to get anything from England. And then I really, I should bet money on it that Iran's going to beat us. Cause I really feel, I feel very strongly that that's going to probably a great odds on it. Yeah. Probably Um, great odds on it. So, yeah, I I just, this isn't the year and the sucky thing is it could be the year because, you know, there's enough there and they're starting to figure it out, but they just, they're not organized enough at all to play against good sides. See, but that's where I, that's where I come with the thought. Like if, you know, if they're playing friendlies against teams that are fielding their top sides and they're getting, you know, smashed out there because their system isn't translating, that would make it, you know, not a surprise to me to see Burhalter go. You know, the deal with international friendlies in general, right? Everybody is like, it's, I was listening to something about this pretty recently and it was just sort of everybody on the podcast kind of agreed, but it was like a former coach saying, yeah, well, the deal is, you know, obviously you pay for your play for your club team, you get paid by your club team. Like, don't do anything to harm your group. Do, do only things that make you look good, but nothing that could risk injury or make you look bad, right. basically right. international friendly. So they're not exactly like, you know, I remember the, one of the competitive things. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember the U S beating Germany and France, I think in friendlies leading up to one of the world cups and it meant absolutely nothing. Right. Well, fair enough. Um, and I guess the team's chances took, you know, now they have like the whole, the whole uh, Gio Reyna thing too. Yeah. So Gio Reyna spent 40 seconds on the pitch for Borussia Dortmund and uh, had to come out with an injury. And I guess he tore something, tore some kind of muscle or tendon. So I think it sounds like he'll be, they think he'll be back in time for the world cup, but I mean, sucks, man. He's a, I think he's our best young player. He's my favorite yeah. player on the team. And I was looking forward to watching him at Dortmund. I was looking forward to just, you know, continuing to watch his development. So it's a really shitty setback for him. And if, yeah, if he's not healthy for the World Cup, I don't see how they don't bomb out of that group. Yeah, he's definitely the, um, he's the glue that holds it together. Pulisic might be the rock star of the group, but you know, Gino Reyna is the distributor. He's the, he's the person with the vision. And he's the one that, you know, I really think, really, like you said, makes the team go. He's the best young player on the squad. Yeah, I mean, they'll hopefully have uh, Sergino Des back from injury by the time the World Cup rolls around, too. But, yeah. I keep forgetting it's so far away, too, because it's in November now. It's not like in a few months or something like that. Like, these guys have time to get healthy. But then they go back to their club teams, and they play the beginning of the season. So there's always a chance somebody gets hurt there. Uh, Pulisic has been pretty decent for Chelsea of late. So that's a good sign. Even if Chelsea haven't been decent? They they beat Southampton 6-0 this weekend. Yeah. But they lost to uh, Brentford the weekend. Well, I guess I haven't talked to you yeah. since the whole Brentford thing. Yeah. And then they, then they lose during the midweek, too. There's no shame in losing to Brentford. Uh, yeah. Right. But they lost to, I don't know, a little club called Real Madrid. Have you heard of them in the I've Champions League? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's not like a shameful thing. It's um, shameful. You see what the Spanish football teams are putting out this year? It's freaking brutal. <laughs> Madrid's, Madrid's still good, though. They're, they're still, still like, good, yeah. They're still putting they're still out a top side. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the Spanish league in general is just brutal. Um, yeah, I would say Dest will be back. I like Serginho Dest. He's probably my favorite player to watch, but he is a pure wing back. So he's not, you know, you're not asking him to sit back in, play in like a low block or something like that. Like he's, 
he's on, he's there on those overlapping runs. If you're playing a back three, that sort of thing. So I don't know. should be interesting. I'm, I'm not, my hopes aren't high. Yeah. I said, well, no, I'll, I'll probably have more thoughts about it the closer we get to it and kind of see how the team comes together. But, you know, it's, and also like learn, you learn more about the Iranian team. I couldn't tell you jack shit about the Iranian team. Yeah. The only thing I know about them is that they're going to win one, nothing. And we're going to beat them on That's actually. your only thoughts. That's the only thing I know about them. Um, all right. Well, let you have it. So top four race got pretty interesting. Arsenal's dropped points in their last two Spurs have picked up points. Uh, it seemed like everybody in the top four race was determined not to pick up points this weekend, except for the Tottenham Hotspurs who won, what is it? Some stupid score. Uh, well, lost, did, did, lost on it, lost on XG, but won like four nothing or something like that. They, they definitely, um, they definitely didn't want to win the first half. I'll tell you that right now. No, didn't seem like they wanted yeah. to win the whole thing, but they just, they, uh, they just, they were clinical. Yeah. They were clinical when they had their chances, which I think is a myth. Absolutely clinical when they had their chances. Uh, XG, I think, told like half the tale because you're right. They didn't have a lot of consistent pressure, but it was just when they did, they were just spot on almost the whole match. And, you know, well, they just countered was, well. They, they had counter, like, yeah, they countered well. Right. That was they it. Their I, all their goals well were on they, the counter. Counter great. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you know, that. I'm not, I'm not sure about that either. That's but, how uh, Conte would prefer to play, quite Spur- honestly. Yeah. I thought Villa came out really strong and I thought they should have had like at least I, they did enough to score one in the first I, half. I, didn't, I thought they did enough to score two. It was, they were lucky it wasn't two or three. One yeah. would have been like one. I feel like one would have been a gift after the first. If Villa yeah. had one. Um, the big news in the match is, is that Doherty's out for the season. Yeah. I thought he was faking. Yeah. Well, cause you your whole team, West, you your whole team, West Ham goggles on. No, it's not my West Ham goggles. Dan. West Ham your goggles. whole team since Conte took over just falls goggles. over falls over every two seconds waste meanwhile, time meanwhile in europa league remember when, when uh zuma meanwhile the europa ball, league when your boy stunned. like pulled and dombele's bicep and you were just like that's not a foul he grazed his shit like legitimately grabbed his muscle and did gave not him one grab of his muscle he grabbed his grabbed gra- his muscle oh take your fucking spurs <laughs> goggles off he grabbed a little bit of shirt <laughs> and then ndombele did this and then as you see ndombele you wouldn't even need to have done that the, you denied a clear goal scoring opportunity it wasn't clear he was off to, he was heading in the other direction he, that was ref, the other he was he was he was on the outside corner of the box i've seen that not given as a clear goal scoring oh opportunity. man um, yeah. I, must, I must slightly disagree with you there. Yeah, well, you have your Spurs goggles on and your West Ham hating shit on your face, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> I got my fourth place. The reality on, is, I got on right now. the reality is, if your team took a red like that, you would be calling bullshit too, because he just he grabbed, he got a little bit of his sleeve and then let go, and then Ndombele did this whole like flailing, like he was shot by a sniper in Call of There's Duty. There's definitely like, a this element to Ndombele, a little bit of a lean back to his element because there was enough of a tug to pull his arm back. Did Ndombele flail like a um like a like a drunk guy falling down the stairs? Like Ronaldo. Absolutely. Yes. Like Ronaldo. <laughs> Ronaldo's got his own little It doesn't matter. I don't want right. to talk I don't want to talk about the red card anyway because that ref was just atrocious. I mean the whole game like somebody did some, oh, somebody did a mashup of uh like Bowen just kind of like bumped the back up. They were, Leon players were just shameful. They were falling down every two seconds. They were, anytime West Ham were on the attack, somebody would just go down and he would blow the match dead. And it was just, 
like, but he, you know, that thing where somebody goes down away from the play and the ref's just going to usually let him play. He would let right. him play for a few seconds. And then he would suddenly, when it looked like we were in a more dangerous place, go down. West Ham also had fucking fans run on the pitch for two counterattacks where they were like two on one with defenders. And then a fan ran on the pitch and they stopped the game. We're Wait, a sure. West Ham, a West Ham. One of them was, one of them was the other. Yeah. One of them was a West Ham fan ran on the pitch. That fucking idiot. Another one yeah, that was, was a Leon fan. <laughs> was a Leon fan. I at least understand, but what the hell yeah. is the fucking West Ham? No, fan? he was like some 19 year old kid. He's an idiot. Oh, a score goal. Yeah. He's Blow probably bubbles. Antonio fucking screamed at him too. Like, cause that was, it was like a legitimate chance. It was like, Right. Ball on the edge of the box, one defender between two West Ham players, and like somebody's about to unleash a shot, and then he blows the match dead because there's a fan on the pitch, and it was just like, yeah. So that game was just, and the ref. I mean, like I said, the red card aside, the ref was atrocious. Every little thing that somebody did a mashup of, you know, Bowen going into just like putting a little arm bar on the back on someone's back, which you're allowed to do when you're defending, and the player just like fell out like like he was shot out of a gun and gave uh gave Bowen a red a yellow and it was just there was so much crap in that Europa League game I was pissed and every you know and it wasn't just me Dan the uh BT Sport uh the rest of the West Ham fans no the BT Sport commentary at the end thought it was never a red uh most of the podcasts I listened to felt it was never red but you know Dan from Jersey says it's a red anyway Jersey says it's a red um Dan from Jersey's not so sure. Um, yeah. Dan from Jersey says they're red mainly because you were just coming after Spurs. And this is the issue I have more than anything else. When when the when the card happens, this is what Matt sends me: fucking Spurs diving fucks, something along <laughs> those lines. I'm like, as you tell me routinely, we are not playing. It's a Thursday, so what the hell are you talking about? Because your whole club. And then you go to Dombley. I'm like, now. I know it. Dombley sucks. That's why they sold him. <laughs> That's why they got I mean, rid of him. Because he wasn't very good. Zuma guides the ball towards the corner flag for Son as he's walking towards the corner, just like a generally kind thing to do for somebody who's about that to take funny. a corner. I and Son just goes. It wasn't funny though because he was trying to get him kicked out of the game. That's what's not funny about it. It's, but there's no way the ref would have ever kicked him out of the game in that situation. I, I, did you watch the Europa League match the other night? Like, there's ways. I mean, that's the thing. So there's if ways. you go, if you go down, it's dark like, arts, my friend. It's not. It's not good for the game though. And if you go down like that, it, if you go down like that, that's what you're looking for. Is you're this looking is the issue? So, so let me finish. Let me finish. Oh if you go goodness, down go. like that, if no, if you go down like that, you're looking to get a player ejected, and that's just a scumbag move. It made me view Sun on a totally different level, and he had two in that match. He also had the one where he ran into the ref going for a ball, and then like turned around looking for the ref because he was hoping because he dove. So he, you know, he he felt contact and went down right away. But it was funny because it was like this frail little ref, and he bounced. He pretended to bounce off him like he was like a like a pole. Like I don't even remember that that play. Oh, but the other one, he, I do. I do, I do he, remember the other one you were talking about. Though. Son thought he hit one of the West Ham players, so he just went down. But then it turned, and then he like turned around looking for the ref screaming, and then realized he hit the ref instead of a West Ham player, and got back up right away. It was just so ridiculous. And you're telling me that little old ref who's like fifty something jogging up and down the field is strong, has enough core strength that Son just bounces off oh, him like that. that, dude. That dude might have a six pack. Oh, give me a you fucking don't know. break. Son's he's, running around, he's running around on a soccer pitch. He's a great, don't get me wrong. 
Son's a great player. He's one of the top players in the Premier League. He's having a great season. I'm I'm still talking about the ref, man. He's a shameful diver. But I mean, so is Harry. Harry Kane's been a shameful diver forever now. Like I mean, but I didn't think Son was that kind of player. Fucking. As as it's, I feel like every great player, as they get better, so does their, you know, their antics. And I think that's because it's like you say all the time, it doesn't get called. And I think any athlete is going to go for any advantage possible. So, so until officials start officiating the game different, you're always going to see these guys trying to get an edge any yeah, way they can. Stars. It's and only it, the it, stars. I, 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 oh, I agree with you. You're right. You're a hundred percent right. It's it's hilarious when you'll hear people talk about, you know, Ameri- you'll hear Americans talk about like a oh, diving ring, like, you know, the sport, it's all just divers, but it it sucks because you try to get somebody into it and you're, you're going to show them, you know, city Liverpool and actually city Liverpool is not a great example. That's not we'll a great example because they actually because, play awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But, eh, yes. Um, Sal is a big time diver. I mean, Sal, he's a big, he's a big fan. Once of the, again, uh, once again. Elite, top-level, world-class player. He's, a big he's fan the best the, player uh, on the pitch in that game, except for maybe De Bruyne. He's a big fan of the Call of Duty flail. When he, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. It just drives me nuts. So anyway, West Ham played te- played with 10 men in the Europa League round of you know, quarterfinals, which is fucking awesome to be in just to begin with against Lyon. And you know they got a pretty early goal in the second half from Jared Bowen, and I think that really energized them, gave them hope, and you know, they gave up another, they gave up a goal and it was kind of like just a shit show of a goal. Like Ryan Fredericks should have just let the ball go all the way through the box because nobody was on the other side of the cross, but instead he tried to block it and then it went, just dropped perfectly to Ndombele's feet. So it was just bad luck, but they finished it 1-1 going to Lyon, but they're still in it. I mean, that was the best you could ask for down, ten, down, down a man in a quarterfinal like that, all you're hoping for at that point is like, let's not get out of here with it like two nothing or three nothing or something like that. So to get out with right. it one one, uh, mm-hmm. they're still well in it. Absolutely. Cresswell's yeah. gonna, Cresswell's gonna miss the match, which is fucking stupid. I hope it was the same ref, by the way, that Jude Bellingham called out as uh because he's been involved in a match fixing scandal before. So uh, you, it's not why like is he even why is why is he even hired still? Because he whistleblowed. He was the whistleblower. But he was still part of it. But he became the whistleblower later. It's, you're never going to shake that reputation, no matter no. what you do. Yeah. And you, do you deserve to? I mean, I don't think, yeah, I mean you, you're always going to be known that, as the. Yeah, you're going to be known as the guy who was in the gambling ring. And when you're that dreadful, that's. I mean, he was dreadful. Like he was just. Right. There were two. There were two classes of foul in that game, more so than you. I always say there's two classes of foul with Antonio because Antonio is a big guy, so refs always let big guys get fouled and don't call it too often. But. uh it was like two classes of refereeing. Like they were just uh, felt like they were like fine China and you couldn't touch them. And then every West Ham player could just take like an elbow to the face or like it felt like the fix was in. (laughs) Yeah. It really did feel like the fix was in. So it was impressive. They held on one, one, keep that spirit. Uh, They didn't have the spirit this weekend. I really lost to Brentford two nothing. They were almost never in that game. Uh, They've been playing. Brentford's been playing great the past two weeks. Brentford's, been really they've yeah, played pretty good all season yeah, yeah. No, they're that's pretty a, good all season they stole one from us at the london stadium at the death and so i kind of was hoping we could make up those three points here or at least get one especially because it seemed like nobody else in the top four race really wanted to win this weekend so we would have gone except, up to we would have gone for, except first yeah we already talked about it we would have gone up to uh fifth which would have been nice but regardless i think right now you look at the table it's going to be unlikely that west ham finish any lower than eighth and I would have taken it if you told me 
eighth place in quarterfinals of Europa at the beginning of the season, considering where we really are as a club versus where we think we are, I think that would have been something I'd take. Um, so yeah, Brentford, that sucked. Antonio was pretty dreadful, got pulled off. And uh, otherwise, Brentford, probably not going to get relegated at this point. I think they've definitely done enough. The other one that yeah. was crazy. The other one that was crazy that I just want to talk on briefly, because I think Burnley beat Everton. They came from behind and uh, beat them 3-2 midweek. And you really thought, you know, it was one point separating Everton from the relegation zone. You really thought it was like, and Bur- they were playing Burnley this weekend. But um, no, I'm sorry. Burnley were playing, Burnley played Everton midweek. And then Burnley right. were playing Norwich. Everton were playing Man United. So you're like, all right, Burnley's going to be, Everton's going to be in the drop zone by the end of the weekend, but they got a surprise win against Man United, one nothing, and then Burnley real surprise loss, lost to Norwich, and I think that's got to be pretty deflating for that team because that was that was their gift wrap moment to get out of the relegation zone and bring Everton down into it. So I think Everton probably did enough to stay up, and I think it might finally be Burnley's time to go down. Right. Well, yeah, and then obviously Everton's win over the weekend was. Uh helped uh, solidify those thoughts, like you're saying, because and that was just huge for the top four race also, because it, I, I don't say, I can't say you can stick a knife in United yet. You can't, because um, they they have enough quality yeah. that, right, that's exactly. the thing. So West Ham need to go, like, for me, I think that, it's crazy if I can say this, I think the Europa Conference League spot is probably going to be a dogfight between West Ham and Man United. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I still think if you're, just taking like think about it like this man united have jesse lingard riding the bench all season can't buy minutes can't do anything to get on right if jesse lingard is on west ham we've already seen it he would be the star player on west ham so it's kind of like that in the end is the golf and it's just man united are just so the players don't care they're so terrible but they still have enough quality that i think they can probably sneak above us on the table and they should they'll be pretty fucking embarrassed if they don't Hey, and then they say goodbye to Ronaldo and, and all the all the investment in the squad this year. He's not going to stick around for a non non Champions League football. Tell you that right they've now. spent a billion dollars. They've spent more than City the last ten years. Everyone gives City shit, but at least City get return on that investment. Right. United, right. they've spent more than City, and they have nothing to show. For nothing. Them. They, ha- I think they have a couple. They have Europa. They have. I think they have a Europa League. No, title they too. didn't win it. I thought they won under Jose. Or they, oh, they you're FA right. Under- they. They beat uh, Ajax, I think, in the yeah, Europa League final. Europa I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one more thing. One more thing before I leave us. I just want to quick hop back to Spurs, man. Um, I can't say enough about uh, Kulisevsky, dude. That like and and just what he's meant to this squad and taking like the load off of Kane and Son up front, like even in ways that Lucas Moore couldn't do. I mean, his goal over the weekend. I don't know if you saw his goal. Like he it, he took it at a really like next to impossible angle for where to keep it. Yeah, I saw playing him and he freaking snuck it in there. He is so strong and so fast. He's got great vision. Um, and he's so young. I'm, I'm really like Conte pretty much bought himself another year as long as he wants to stay. I think just with his winter transfer window. So I could, I would be remiss if we did not talk about that. We all saw the sun hat trick and that was great, but I, I don't want Kulisevsky's contributions to be left behind because I think since he's shown up, this team has been different. And I'm hoping he's kind of be, going to become that that Christian with, with Erickson and Dembele, um, um, Musa Dembele were 
when they were with the team because they were the ones that kind of held it together. So Saint, Con- my goodness, Son and Kane could do their thing. <laughs> so anyway, I just before we go, I just had to I had to leave on that before. No, you guys before did some. Kills me to say, you guys did some really great business in January. Great business, man. And Betancourt's been good, too. I just would like to skip to the part where uh, Conte just leaves you guys in shambles. That's what I, I just want to... Well, that's like the worst-case scenario. What I see happening is like... That's they, what he does they, everywhere they he get goes, a, man. They get a point... At, <laughs> they get, at the end of the season, they get the point, a point against Liverpool. They win that that match against Arsenal. And then they then their final two are against Burnley and Norwich. And they get like two one or two points out of it and wound up in like sixth place behind West Ham and freaking Arsenal. <laughs> like that'd be the most Spurs thing ever. Um I don't think that's going to happen though. I don't think Conte would let this team shit the bed against Burnley and Norwich like that. Not the way they're playing. But not the way they're playing. The way they're playing they're playing for him though. You're on a hot streak, but you've been on they're a hot streak now for, for him though. You've been on a hot streak for a while. Arsenal went on their hot streak and now it's fading. You'll have to Yeah but there's ups. more cla- there's way more class on Spurs than on Arsenal. I disagree. Uh, anyway, that's, that's absolute horseshit. No way. You have Kane and Son. That's not way more class. Kane, two Son, world class players. Yeah, those guys still are just on a little bit of a hot streak. They actually have to prove themselves as quality and, and Romero and Romero's going to something nice. I said losing Dart Conte turning Darty into a functioning player is awesome. It sucks we're losing. It's going to be a big lift for Ben Davies um, the rest of the season. So, but he's also been playing better too. So hopefully, it won't be so bad. But Darty was he was really flourishing under the Conte system as as that as that wing back. I think you guys will finish fifth. Behind Arsenal. No way. You're just take your Spurs Spurs, goggles off. Spurs, Arsenal. You're letting a hot streak where you're frequently losing on XG but winning games get to your head. When right, so back up. Let's look at the So listen. No, no, we're de- we got to move on. Play. We don't have enough time. We got to move on. Oh, so right, fine. We'll City, Liverpool. Yeah, we'll get back episode. to this because obviously we'll be two weeks. There will be probably three more matches played by the time we record right. next, so we can uh, talk about it then. I think you'll finish fifth. I think we'll finish eighth. So I'm not, you know, bragging on West Ham either. I just, I look at the Spurs team. I think they're good. I just don't think they're as good as their recent results have shown. But we'll see how they finish the season. Yeah, um, exactly. City Liverpool, uh, we got to just touch on this for a second. Un- unbelievable as always. Uh, Again, wish yeah. I this is like the poster child match for if you're trying to get anybody into Premier League football. I mean, just fast paced, both sides going for it, some great goals, and it ends in a draw. So doesn't yeah, really tell us anything. Draw. The, draw, I, see, the draw, I, the draw would piss off a newcoming soccer fan. But the thing about the draw is. It preserves the uh, dr- drama of the title race. So, Absolutely, yeah. It was it was the best possible result for a soccer fan. <laughs> yes. So yeah, De Bruyne had a little deflection, great goal. That um, that goal on uh, uh, the pass Salah made on Mane's goal, where he's just kind of like streaking down the side and just somehow sees him and perfectly weights it into like this five meter space between the defender ball and the keeper, where only Mane could get it. Like. You know, not many guys can hit that pass. Like, that's just an unbelievable pass. And just to weight it so perfectly that it just stops dead right in that little couple of meter spot where only Mane can get to it. Like, that, unbelievable. What a player. Uh, anything you want to add on that? That's all I got. I mean, it's pretty much like you hit it on that said De Bruyne, you know, starting off right away. Liverpool's first attack to getting right back at him, making it 1-1. I mean, the game just started on fire. And then you have... 
you know, the goal, the, the, the pass from um, Salah, which was, I thought, you know, said the goal of the match, the play in the match. Uh, it, it tied the match up and assured a point for each of them. Um, Salah, something else, man. He just knows how to hit the ball. He, he's just perfect when he touches the ball more yeah. often than not. It's unbelievable. Um, this, I love seeing these matches with him and De Bruyne out there just being the two two best in the world. They're just so much fun to watch those two players. Yeah, um, I agree. That was every just... time this every time these two teams get together, it's must see TV. It's just ridiculous. Yes, that's how both. I mean, both games now are probably. I mean, the first one I think was even better, but both of yes, these I, now are two of the two of the games of the season and bring out some of the goals of the season too. Yeah. Uh, and we have no still we have the no on the title. We still have a title race. Yeah, I thought it was over. I thought Manchester City were turning the Premier League into a farm league, but uh, not so much. Liverpool are still in it, and. Uh, We'll just have to see what happens. But yeah, you really thought if somebody won this weekend, that was going to decide the league. But now it's really game on. I still think City are going to win. But, uh, you know, City few, should win still. They should still few, win this league. A few months ago, you were telling me, I was making fun of you for thinking Liverpool had a chance. And you were telling me, yeah, you're right. And now look how the tables have turned there. Well, I remember saying was, I think Liverpool's going to win the league. But I told, I, I think my words were, I picked Liverpool, but I told you, you had a much better argument for City than I did for Liverpool. But the reason Liverpool drew this game was my argument. The individual brilliance of Mo Salah and their top, you know, their top players up front. The one thing I will say is, you know, City obviously have way more depth. Like their second team could probably win the Premier League. But, ah, shit. Uh, Home run in the Mets game. Uh, Phillies are back in it. So anyway, um, City have more depth. Liverpool being this deep into Champions League uh, definitely is a little bit more of a disadvantage for them because they're such a thin squad comparatively. I mean, not thin like West Ham where, you know, West Ham really should have marched out fucking academy players against Brentford. That's the last thing I'll say about it because it would have been the same result, but at least everybody gets a rest. Moving don't, on. Don't you move me on. Moving so anyway, on. <laughs> all right. So speaking of which, because uh, JT Real Muto just hit a home run just against the Mets to make it a 4-3 game. Uh, I should have been doing, if um, what's his name comes up, I should start apologizing for something. Um, no, wait, I don't want to do that. Uh, what's the guy? In the, he's on the Phillies now. Um, the guy who hit the home run when the announcer was um, apologizing. Oh, Castellano. Castellano. Yeah. So <laughs> That's right. No, I forgot he's on the Phillies. Yeah. If he comes up to bat, neither of us can apologize for anything. That's just no apologizing. Um, <laughs> no apologizing. So the New York... New York Mets, though, got off to a great start. They won three of four in D.C., although they did Mets up the series finale, but it was still a great start to the season and uh, something yeah, to hope. Yeah, win your series. Win your series. Yeah, but they really messed it up on the last day, didn't they? They did. They, they lost on errors. That's how the Mets do lose. But the way they won were ways that the Mets normally don't win. It and was... they did that two more times than they did the Mets thing this past weekend. You just got to hope that that's what they're building on, and they're building on the good things they did and not the crappy things they did yesterday. And they, this one, like, you know, we just watched Real Muto at a home run. This is the bullpen right now. The bullpen's blowing this game. Got yeah. another great start at a Walker who's hurt because, you no, know. No, Walker left pitcher. in the second inning. They uh, got a great – who's the left? Oh, I thought he – yeah. I thought I thought he was in the – I stopped watching in the third. I thought he came no, in the third. Maybe, he, I was, maybe I was reading – I'm sorry. I think he came out in the second, and uh, I'm just looking up the box right now. They got – My wife coaxed me Peterson. into an episode of Yellowstone. Yeah, he came, out, he came out after the second. Peterson gave them four innings. Peterson, the lefty. Peterson. New Mets. I call him New Mets. Peterson. Gave them four innings. No <laughs> no runs. That's crazy. 
Um, he does that sometimes, and then he comes in his next time appearance and gives uh, him three home runs. And then this dude just fucking know. strike out Bryce, struck out Bryce Harper. But anyway, we're now we're live tweet. Now we're directors commentating. We should probably not do that. So anyway, pretty happy with the Mets start to the season. Disappointed that they messed it up. I'll definitely be disappointed if they lose tonight. But uh, you know, I think it's going right. to be right now. It's looking like Phillies Mets Braves could actually be a pretty exciting. Um, so I'm watching the beginning of this game, and I'm not buying the Phillies really. Um, they seem to still have some holes into, especially on defense. Like, who's that freaking bone kid in there? How is that kid still playing third base? He's made what like 19 errors since the start of last season or something, man. So yeah. I just think like that that stuff comes back to freaking haunt you in a tight division race. Like that's the team that finishes in third. That's who the Mets usually are making stupid mistakes like that and finishing in second and third in these races. And the Phillies look more like that team right now than the Mets do. Like right now they're winning this game, like a Mets like team, or I'm sorry, they're coming back in this game. Like the Mets would be doing last year. And hopefully the Mets have some bigger nuts this year and they can hold them off in the ninth. And like, you know, win this game. I do like, you know, I said, it's just, I think the Mets have gotten some timely hitting so far. Of course, Atlanta's going to be good. Um, Washington is fucking awful. Holy, they're a Juan Soto and a bunch of dudes, man. No, they're terrible. That's why why this week, that's why this weekend didn't get me all that excited because they are atrocious. Like they are not a good baseball team at all. Right. But the Mets did what they were supposed to do except for the last game so yes, that gets right. me and just you know this seems like there's some there's un, there's unity in the clubhouse you know i like all the stuff with buck over the weekend and him kind of coming out of dugout and you know it's that's something rojas would have never done i kind of got the team all jazzed up i feel um they were getting timely hits with runners in scoring position they were getting hits with two outs like they were just doing they were doing a lot of the right thing they're getting great starting pitching um they're getting i'm gonna call it okay to good bullpen worker. Some guys look really good and some guys, you know, look like Rodriguez and Trevor May. So, but there's so many, you use so many pitchers now. Like this is my problem with like, I, I don't want to get into an old boomerang here, but like, I just, I'll, I'll never understand the idea of, of the philosophy of building teams to rely on like four pitchers a night, as opposed to like two or three. I feel like there's less of a chance of somebody sucking. If you put less guys in there, does that make sense to me? Like, I don't get why I we're, we why we're, why we're, yeah, and I don't get why we're, why we're why farm systems are producing guys to do this system in general. This five innings for the starter, four innings for the bullpen, go get them. Well, they say get... it's like don't pace yourself anymore either for the uh, bullpen, for the starters. I mean, like they tell them not to pace themselves. They tell them to go out there, throw hard, and, you know, don't worry as much about length. I don't know. Uh, I'm hopeful we'll get a crop of, like, good starting pitchers to change that, but uh, – yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. I miss the days so, yeah. of the starting pitcher. I miss the starting pitcher being an event too, where it's like right. So yeah. now that being said, we know how the game's played. We're getting an idea how Buck's going to manage the team. I think there's enough horses in that bullpen to get us to the playoffs, especially with was there three wild cards now, right? Yeah, uh, yeah no. So is there especially three? With, I think Ugh. there's three. Did yeah. they expand the playoffs? I didn't actually look at the. Is that what it is? Isn't uh, it like a two two wild cards play, and then they play the winner of the first? Terrible. I think the second and third wild card team play on uh, MLB. I'm gonna look it up. Playoff. Oh, and format. then you just yeah, that's dumb. Um. Anyway, uh, it's I think second and third play. So Twelve teams up. rather than ten. Six playoff teams per league. Three division winners. Three wild cards. And. 
Top two seeds get a bye to the divisional round. Third seed plays six, fourth plays five, and then that goes to the LC. So you know, the top two teams get a bye to yeah the divisional round. But the third the third seed, which is a division winner, has to play in the wild card round. That's pretty stupid. Yeah, you have to play in the wild card round. I thought it was going to be like the, the two second and third wild card play each other, and the winner of that plays the number one wild card, and then we start the playoffs. That I'd be a little more okay with. I think that the, I don't think that the, that's that sucks. If you're the low tier division winner, you don't get them. I don't think that works in baseball as well as it does in football. No, it's yeah, it's football. It's they keep they're just trying to they're trying to they're trying to make it more appealing to you know younger generations, people that like playoffs in general. Because baseball, the playoffs aren't like the star of the show. The playoffs are always a like coin flip. Um, and ever since the wild, the wild cards kind of ruined it in general, where you don't feel like you're ever, you're always getting the best team. So right. that's the problem, but yeah, it's stupid. They're trying to make it like the, NA, you know, the NHL, the playoffs are an event, the NBA, the playoffs are an event. It's like a second season and they want, they want that. The problem is the only way to really do it is you need to shorten your actual season. So 120 right. games instead of 162, because 162, you really are deciding. It's like, it's like I always say about the premier league season, like, Everybody plays each other twice, once at home, once on the road. You really know who the best team is at the end of that. At the end of a baseball season, you know who the best team or teams are already. You don't really right. need playoffs to tell you anything. It's just then it's just some weird tournament where you're arbitrarily kind of picking a winner, like the Braves or the Nationals. I mean, you know, I mean, that, yeah, that's in no world point. were those the best teams those years, but right. that's just how it shakes out. So, you know. I think baseball's kind of ruined everything anyway. Um, I consider myself a man of fit. No, I'm just kidding. Castellanos walked. Uh, he didn't hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's the you wanted thing. it so bad. I, I'll the, let you I have know. it. <laughs> that's that clip of that dude just being like, yeah, I consider myself a man of faith as there's a drive from Castellanos. <laughs> like, it's just so good. It makes me it's laugh. Just every the, time. It's just the whole approach of it, dude. It's so well, funny. Mid apology. He's about to get fired and he just sort of like, kicks into this mode where he continues calling the game because that's what baseball commentators always do is they tell a story do an interview but then they like i always like when the sideline reporter starts doing the play-by-play because you know the yeah, sideline reporter is talking to somebody and they start play by playing but yeah he walked no home run uh all right i think that's enough mets uh they'll probably blow it tonight but we'll see i'm so negative sorry um last piece i want to talk about jack hughes injured um so shitty fucking play it just uh, i'm not angry like with the hit he was knee on knee but you know it's it didn't seem like it was anything dirty i like pk i didn't going think, it, to I didn't think it was dirty and i think jack hughes honestly if they were like they were in the playoff chase and they were like going for i think he'd be playing right now i think this is like we're not in the playoffs get rested up put on some more muscle we'll see you next year that was my take on it too from when i was reading about it uh i mean so here's the well, so it's not serious that's good so Hughes is out. Um, it seems like everybody I talked about on the last podcast of how great they were is out. Siegenthaler's out now, which yeah. Siegenthaler has been just so good. He's been an unreal shutdown defenseman, which is what you, you need a guy like that in your yes. lineup. Up oh, here we go. It's over. Um, Castellanos is going to score all the way from first, isn't he? Yep. He's going for it. Oh, you're like and a little bit play. ahead of me. Yep, he's safe. Tie game. Yeah, you're a um, bit stupid ahead of me. Mets are going to Mets it. Mets. Philly, Philly's own us, though. I mean, the oh, Phillies just, 
Phillies just have so much more fire than the Mets always do. Why is that? Why is that? Why are the Phillies always just have that team celebrates on the top step? They're not afraid. They get in your face. And Girardi, a lot of it. The Mets players just all seem like such pussies. They all just seem like they're scared of every single moment. I don't, I don't think that. I, I, no, I think I think that's that's being harsh on the Mets so far this year because I think they've stuck yeah. up for themselves quite well. Really, the they got hit like five times and didn't do anything in the last series except maybe getting someone's face for a second. They got in I their mean, face. They got someone thrown at a game. They're two the best players. And they won. And they won. They won. They won all the games. They, they went out and they won. Didn't stop anyone from pegging their two best players in the they head. They went out and won, man. What do you get? It doesn't matter. You got to stand up for your players' safety. There's two different things. There's winning the game, but winning the game doesn't. What change is, the what fact is, that you've told the league that you can hit our best players in the head and nothing's going to happen. And you could throw at someone else's head too. And then what's what's the difference? You the Mets got hit at each other. It I'd rather helps, them go out and hit the baseball over the wall. Except the Mets got hit more than any other team last year in the big leagues and never retaliated. And McCann also it's starting like, out again this season. McCann so also like puts himself into pitches also. It's not just that though. You've seen, you, I mean, how many fucking fractured hands did we have last year with guys getting hit in the hands? Mm-hmm. Like it's teams aren't afraid to throw inside on the Mets and they don't, they should be, they should be a little more scared. So I, I have to go out there and fight somebody. That's what's going to yeah. have to be. Yeah. That's what I mean though. Fight somebody. So anyway, away from the Mets, uh, they're going to fucking lose tonight. Uh, let's sim that draft lottery though. So I just went on tankathon. Yep. And uh, tankathon gave us the number one pick on the sim. So right now, the Devils, in terms of seeding for the draft, are the fourth worst team. So all that bad goaltending plus all these injuries is probably going to help us. So here's the good side about that, Dan. When you look at – I had somebody explain it to me um, who knows the NHL draft. So basically, the way this draft breaks down is there's one elite player, Shane Wright from Canada. And then there's tier two players, which are, you know, that next tier um, in the draft. And that's – supposedly those guys – I'm looking at Tankathon now, even they have tier two as two through six. So if you finish fourth, you can't end up in the draft lower than six. So they'll basically be guaranteed to get one of those tier two players, at least at worst, but best case, I mean, they're in shouting distance to win another lottery. And so if you suddenly add Shane Wright to Jack Hughes, Nico Heashier, that's Dawson Mercer. Like devils are just swimming in centers who can drive play and drive shots and just do what they need to do. So it's pretty I mean, if they end up winning this draft lottery, I would almost think it's sooner than later then they'll start actually being legitimately good. Because then you have, right. you know, Holtz and uh, Luke Hughes Holtz coming should back. Be, Holtz should be up next year, I would he's, think. He's, he's leading uh, up the AHL this year. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And Utica's, and Utica's Taron is, is having a great season in general. Poor, oh, they're poor Nico, dominating. Poor Nico. Poor Nico Dawes is stuck here in the NHL rather than the NHL where he belongs. But he let poor the, dude, the Dawes poor dude should be winning. Like a, the, he should be he winning the Calder Cup. He, went, he led them. I think he'll be back down there for that soon. He yeah. led them on a like sixteen game win streak too. Dawes did. Yeah. He's been he's been great down there. That's why it's hey, he's it's just not a, ready. He's it's not such ready a shame. Yet. They're probably yeah. ruining his development, which is terrible. Yep. Well, hopefully he, he just hopefully he's putting out all the negative, taking into things he needs to take to understand what he needs to do to get to where he needs to be to be an NHL goalie and he applies it in the NHL and gets up. Geez, the Mets are just falling apart. My yeah. God. Cause they're the fucking Mets still, Dan. Terrible. You got, oh. you let yourself get so excited, but oh, yesterday was the harbinger this. of what's to come. Oh man. They're the fucking Mets, man. They're still terrible. Look it's going to be another long bitches. year. Oh yeah. my God. I don't know. I don't know Beth why. Lugo, you, I, you I don't know why shit. you do this to yourself. I wasn't, 
I mean, I wasn't excited going into this season. I think. I, I like getting excited. It's, it's, it's part of, it's part of the There's journey just, is being a Mets fan. It's yeah, just part of what terrible. you have to do. What's what's the sense of like not getting excited so you can be miserable? You expect the misery. You're not. You haven't been able to accept the misery at this point, and, and like just go through the natural progression of getting. No, excited. I have accepted. It, it makes the, the misery so it makes the misery so much better to get excited first. Eh, it makes it more laughable for me. I am laughing. Look at more. these guys. Look at these guys. This is a team. They're out brutal. there celebrating on the top. They're out there. No, I just want to punch that guy in the fucking jaw right I know. Now. That's a team. That's oh. what you need. That's what the Mets need, is the Mets need some, like, fire players like that who just top step, celebrating, yelling at each other. Look at these guys. These guys look like... They kind of had they, that with Baez, but, like, he was just an ass, and he just wasn't good enough. Yeah, they look like they've already lost the game, is the way I look at them. They look like they've already lost. Uh, they look oh, like boy, they're about Sean to go... Reed Fo- oh, boy, Sean Reed Foley's going to come in and save the fucking day. They look like they've already lost, man. This Phillies team looks oh, like man. this lead's going to stand up. They're just, like I said, that 2016, my favorite part about that 2016 was how much fire they had. And everybody right. in the league hated them. I don't want other teams to like us. No, I don't want, I don't want other teams to feel like they you. can go out there and hit us with pitches, throw at our best players' heads and whatnot. And then, oh, the, we were relying on the ums to settle it for us. That's stupid. Go out there and show some fucking balls. Fight somebody. Punch somebody. Like, don't. That's how it, other teams are taking advantage of the fact that the Mets have that perception of them being soft and they're not doing anything to dissuade teams from taking advantage of that. Oh, they're just going to need to go fight somebody. <laughs> I feel like this team. Who on this team is going to fight somebody? I mean, fucking Lindor and McNeil had that like, stupid fuck. fight last year where they pretended they saw a raccoon. Like, that was so stupid. This team's so dumb. I can't. Yeah, you're right. I can't even think of somebody who's gonna go out and like legitimately fight. You're right. No, there's Alonso's nobody. Not. There's not. nobody on this team who has he any fire. Not. There's he just is. maybe one of these new guys like Starling Marte might or something. There's just a bunch of on paper good players. That's all it is. I, that's who, who I like aren't living up to their potential. Get one of these new guys like Marte or Escobar or Cano. All three of which have played very well to start the season. But getting uh get three at those one of those guys in there to do it like bring it's going to be somebody from outside the organization it's not going to be the same guys who were here last year you know what i mean anyway that was our failed attempt to talk hockey we just went right back to the mets because they're blowing it and we're both watching it Um, back to the draft i think think we've said enough so as long as they don't you know it'll be success at this point devils aren't going anywhere so you kind of have to hope for a guys to show some improvement but b the goaltending to continue to suck. I say send Doss down and just let that uh, new guy you traded let for. that new guy who's like actually to... worse than, than any yeah. goalie we actually put out this year. It's the so hilarious. Goalie. Was that the seventh goalie they put out this year? It's so Sixth, crazy, seventh, man. Like I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. It's just crazy how you'll watch the games and they're just, you know, they'll fight. They'll, they'll, they'll be up like 12, two on shots or something like that. And the game will still be tied. And then some like dumb little seeing eye shot from the point just goes in against them. And it's yeah. one, nothing despite them being dominant. Like it's just, but again, they're a good goaltender away from being a fringe playoff wildcard team. Yeah. And I think the improvement, I think if guys continue to improve, like they did coming into this year, like it'll be even better. I think yeah, they should be. Yeah. They should be, I think, they should be playing with the playoffs all next year. If that's the case. I, yeah, if they can figure out the goaltending situation, which isn't a given, that's hard to do. But if they can figure that out, I think they'll be right on the playoff bubble all year. Yeah. I think you'll be in for a big turnaround. So, yeah, I think that's it. I think we can wrap up for tonight. Um, yeah, absolutely. Dan, you got anything else you want to say? Um, 
fuck the Mets. These yeah. fucking assholes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ruined our pod reporting. Go fucking, go, fucking, <laughs> go fucking fight somebody, assholes. That's what they were doing, though. They were sleepwalk leading. They score all their runs in the first inning, and then they just, you know, that was kind oh, of no, the... Bullpen. bullpen was shit tonight. But that yeah. was the 2017 in a nutshell, too. They'd score a bunch of runs early, and then they'd just, you know, take, bats take would go silent in the end of the game, and then they'd blow the bullpen, the bullpen would, would take blow a big it. shit, yeah. That was the 2017 in a nutshell. 2006, yeah. what was so cool was they would just... It always felt like they were sleepwalking through the first four or five innings, and then all of a sudden they'd just, like, around. wake up, and they'd... It was, it was so... That's still... 2015 was awesome, but 2016 was the most enjoyable year 16 or 6 2006 sorry yeah okay 2006 was the most enjoyable 6 was a fun season because that team should have won everything and they definitely had so much character and that was the closest they've gotten to the 86 Mets yeah 2006 Mets (laughs) but they really almost were like a modern carbon copy where like yeah Despite the two, because Laduca was a fucking bulldog, man. Yeah. And Wright was still young with a lot of fire. Reyes was young with a lot of fire. That was, you know, yeah, cool players the, like uh, Andy Chavez and guys like that, man. Jose Valentin. Mustache. Jose Valentin. <laughs> stash, yep, <laughs> that man. guy was my hero. Uh, Who the hell was the first baseman of those teams? Um, Delgado. Delgado, right. Because yeah. remember they had, remember they had in it's Sean Green, too. Do you remember in 2005 they had a uh, Doug Minkovich, uh, Minkovich, yeah, the guy, who, Doug Minkovich. the guy who stole the winning ball from the 2004 Red Sox, like kept yeah. it in his glove and just like left with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of guy. Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, but yeah. he was terrible hitter, but incredible defensive first baseman. Um, but yeah, Delgado came in. I missed the Delgado fist bump on like a big double play. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? He'd do that like big like demonstrative fist pump <laughs> oh i love that there was a game against the phillies where wagner was just looked determined to blow it early in the season and i think he had the bases loaded one out and it just looked like somebody uh hit a ball down the line right made a diving play through to second and then they turned it at first for a double play to end right, the game. Delgado like huge yeah i'm I'm, i can see it now (laughs) i'm watching the play happen Uh, i remember that game too because wagner just you know when wagner would show up some nights and he just had nothing and you could just tell it was one of those where everything was in the middle of the plate and it just looked like every ball was hit hard so anyway memory lane missed this that 2016 was the last Mets team i thought that like really had just a shitload of like fire some moxie yeah 2015 really was about pitching yeah, I mean, they kind of like, they, they, they pitched their way to the World Series. You're absolutely yeah. Right. And then Murph went on just. The, the 2015 team was closer to the, it's funny, the 06 team was like a copy of the 86 team. If you look at the uh, 2015 team, it was kind of like a copy of the 69 team, where they just yeah. pitched their way to the fucking world title. And Murph just hit like 10 home runs in like a short span. Right. Yeah, he had a couple guys, like one or two guys that were really fucking hot on offense. Right. Yeah. It's exactly what the 69 team was. Yeah. yeah. Well, Maybe they'll surprise us this year, um, but it's early, you know. Like it's early. Losses but are Dom early. Just struck so out, wins. Dom just struck out looking, so that's one down. Uh, I don't see it. Like I said, this team just no. Uh, like I said, nobody's even pissed. There, nobody just. I don't know. I just want to see them get a little pissed when something like this happens. So that's going to be two nights. Yeah, like in Dom a row. had this look on his face, which is like yeah, oh, two oh, nights gosh. in two days in a row where you had leads in the eighth inning and you blew it. And so you went from like hopeful Mets to same old Mets, like almost immediately. There wasn't even like a middle ground. It was no. just like a. Yep. We're blowing, you know. So, yeah, I, I think there's, I, I look at this and I think there's still like a 72 to 80 win team. 
somewhere in that range. And now when I drive home from work tomorrow, I'm going to have to listen to Craig Garten and go, it's the same old Mets all freaking day on that damn show. It'll be a Spotify day for me driving home. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, so thanks everybody for listening to Pop Sports Shorts. I'm Matt Sell. That's Sam Haas. And uh, let's call him night. <laughs>